I am Doug Friedman. I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. Bonus episode. And for more bonus content, you can check out the blog that Meredith's been writing during the stay-at-home order on our website, yourmentalbreakdown.com. And you can join the Facebook group to be a part of our community by going to Facebook, searching for Your Mental Breakdown, clicking on the group and ask to join it. And then you'll get to join Doug for weekly lives where you can interact directly with him. Just a few steps to take. And you can ask questions and comments and bring my insight out. Insight out. We are talking about, thank you. We are talking about relationships and we are using two of what I think are the best relationship books ever written by an author you may have heard of, Shel Silverstein. And if you haven't, Go buy these books or borrow them from your neighborhood library. (laughs) (laughs) What's a library? (laughs) Um, It's The Missing Piece and The Missing Piece Meets the Big O. Two different books, but they kind of go together. And it's from the guy that wrote, if any of you know this, Where the Sidewalk Ends. The Giving Tree. The Giving Tree, which is another one. We could do a whole other thing. That's so freaking twisted. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I remember these books, and we were just talking about this, that as a kid, you hear these books or you get read these books and they're wonderful. As an adult, it's a much different experience to read them. I was just telling Doug that I hadn't read these since I was a kid. And I sat with one of my closest friends and colleagues in my office the other day and we read it together and we both were crying because Aww. it's just so lovely and sweet and poignant and validating and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also, too, for some of us, a nostalgic piece that you'll remember what this is, but you're seeing it now through different eyes, right? You're seeing it with different life meaning attached to it, not just as a cute little stick figure drawing of a Pac-Man. Can I just say? Yeah. So my missing piece meets the big O is the one I had when I was a kid. Right. I just realized I just opened this, the missing piece, and this... I can see an inscription. ...written on the inside says... Thank you for helping me solve this puzzle. Oh. B. I'm not going to say his name, but this was when I was in treatment. Oh, wow. And somebody gave me this before they left. Yeah. So now that you're going to hear what it's about, you'll hear how lovely that is. Well, and, and I will say too, as Meredith said a little while ago, if you haven't read these as an adult, pause the podcast. Go find these from your local library or whatever it might be and read them. It'll take you five minutes, but it will have an impact, I guarantee. And if you haven't, you know, read it and you want to hear the rest of the podcast, that's fine. It's not like a huge spoiler. To be honest, I didn't have it in my hands. So I looked online and there's some PDFs online that people have, I don't know, took a picture of it or whatever. So you can read it online if you literally want to pause right now, read it and then come back. Right. Totally. And welcome back. And welcome back. I would like to say, oh, I'm looking for my missing piece. I'm looking for my missing piece. Heidi ho, here I go, looking for my missing piece. What a beautiful song. I know. That can only be sung with a real mouth. (laughs) 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 Well, I mean, that's like the the crux of of the book is you find something and it changes you. You weren't able to sing the song that way, right? Oh, I just want to read this out loud. I know, right? Maybe maybe that should be story time with Doug and Meredith. It should be. That reminds me of the Samuel Jackson. You heard that one? Don't know. Go the fuck to sleep? Uh, yes. Right? Oh my God, yes. So good. <laughs> Love that. 
But this, you know, it's funny because I read it with, I mean, I've reread these many times and I hand them out to clients a lot and they'll have a real experience of it as an adult reading it because they brought up certain relationship issues, certain attachment issues, codependency and individuality, things like that. I read it too as almost like a, a little CBT exercise, right? Because especially the missing piece, it starts out, I think the first line, I could be wrong, it was a missing piece. That's a thought, right? And then it was not happy. That's its feeling, right? Sad. And it, and then it, it sets off on that searching for its missing piece. That's the action. Yep. So it's a, a thought, then a feeling, then an action. And the action unknowingly reinforces that thought that it's missing a piece, right? Damn, you're good. Genius CBT loop right there. Seriously. So I think one of the things that stuck out for me in this because I read it again, probably for the 48th time um, before we were sitting down here together, is that there was a line in there that said, and this was the best time of all. And it was that time where it was all about the journey, not the destination. Like it was the time where the piece could sing its song, could do its thing. And it, it wasn't really thinking about having something missing or, you know, needing to find something. It was just on its own journey. It wasn't about getting to that destination place, which you know from the book and life, it's not about that. But that's when it had a butterfly on its head, right? That could be. Okay. Yeah. Checking. Because <laughs> that was a big part of it. Because it was what? Because the... before that, it was too fast. It was rolling too fast to have a butterfly land on its head anymore once it right. found its missing piece. Right. It was just rolling by not being able to stop and enjoy life. Yeah. And some of us do get, you know, lost in the vortex and of a relationship or something like that. And that's a fine place to be for a while. So the idea is this, this missing piece goes on and trying to find something, someone, some part to make it whole. And I think the idea is we spend so much of our life feeling like we need someone else to make us whole. And, you know, it's not to say that when we do find someone else, they can't add to us or they can't enhance our life, enhance, augment our yeah. life, complement. But hopefully we don't need somebody else to make us a whole person. Right. That's codependence. And that's, you know, one of in our pop culture lifetimes, another movie, because I love pulling from my movies. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the famous speech from Jerry Maguire. The one that starts, you had me at hello, also has that famous line, you complete me. Right? Right. Which can be... Romantic. Nope. What word am I looking for? <laughs> yes, but it can be literal or it can just be, like you said, super romantic and amazing and lovely and not super literal. Or it can be incredibly codependent, which yeah. is, and I think the case in that movie, I am nothing without you. You know, you complete me. And maybe, maybe I got it wrong and I need to go back and see the movie because it was this wonderful thing happened and I wasn't complete because I couldn't call you and couldn't share it with you. Sure. There's something that we were saying augments your life yes. and makes it feel better because right. I can share my experience. Right. But if my experience is based on the other person, then I don't have a sense of self. Right. Because if you are only going to be happy or excited based on the other person's response, if you can't be happy or excited, if the other person isn't, what if this amazing thing happens and the other person's like, meh, right. then are you going to change your response or your feelings about it? Well, it's, it's called self-worth because it's about your worth to yourself. Right. When our self-worth is dependent on others, that's not 
self-worth, or maybe it is, but by virtue of something external. And that's a, a great segue to where the companion book, The Missing Piece Meets the Big O, starts, which is from the perspective of the missing piece. Right. So when I got to the end of The Missing Piece, I was like, oh, amazing. And then I kind of was like, wait, wait, he's still, or she, or they, they are still... Now, now they're going to find their missing piece again, looking for another one, even though they realized that they weren't they, missing anything. They weren't missing anything. So why are they still going? That right. was my question. And right. then, then we get to then the missing piece met the big O. Right, and it's it's wonderful. I think it starts out again with a wonderful first line, just saying the missing piece sat alone, waiting for someone, and it, and it's you know implying another thought that's incorrect could be a core belief that's incorrect i'm not good enough well it doesn't necessarily have to be incorrect right it could be correct it could be a distortion a ineffective thought right but well right and i for that i say it's not accurate it's not a correct one you might think that you might also be that not good enough yeah hmm that could be i mean how it, so well, it's a thought. Let's say you are, and this is just, this is sort of judgment and all over the place, but let's just say <laughs> you are a severe, active alcoholic who regularly beats your wife and your wife's this amazing, lovely person. Like, nah, you're not good enough for her. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I would say that at the core is something that's a distortion that's totally. not correct. Yes. I'm not good enough. So because I, I don't think I'm good enough and I feel bad, I'm going to drink so I won't feel as bad. Right. And then I'm going to take these actions right. that are detrimental sure. and feeding that. Sure. And at the core of that is I'm not good enough. A lot of, you know, some of the issues I do have with 12-step programs is they'll go, let's change the behavior. And they don't get to what's the core belief. Exactly. Let's, let's challenge that because it might not be true. Exactly. And some of the people that I know who've gone through 12-step and changed behavior are now sober, but still reinforcing, I'm not good enough. Right. And have to go to their meetings like clockwork. Yeah. And that is their new addiction. That feeds their new thing. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying 12-step sure. programs There's don't There's great work. parts of it. Yeah. Absolutely. They yeah. are, especially to change a behavior. But you really do need to look at what's the root underneath right. it. Because right. if you're thinking, I'm not enough, I can't do it, I need someone else to save me, to give me meaning or make me whole, then you're just looking for a codependent relationship. Right. Right? So as I read this, I think just like most people or many people, what occurred to me is my history of relationships mm. and this missing piece keeps trying to find someone to fit with. Right. And some of them, you know, said, didn't know a thing about fitting. And the other one didn't know a thing about anything. Right. Been there. <laughs> uh, one was too delicate. One put it on a pedestal. Yeah. And you know what the book doesn't dive into because it it's, I wouldn't say it's a children's book, but it's a, a simplified book um, is that, and what we hope to do in, or what I hope to do in session with clients is when you Find something where it is treating you too delicately or to this, to that. You being able to say that. Yep. You being able to say, hey, it feels like I'm being treated too delicately or too roughly or whatever it might be. Because that's something that we can bring to a current relationship. It's not like, ooh, this might be too delicate. I'm out. Right. 
Right. Right. And then and then it goes on to talk about, well, some just passed it by. So it tried to change itself. Right. And it tried to make itself more attractive or try being flashy. And that didn't work either. Right. Like the neon signs yeah. pointing to again, to me, I look at with a lot of clients, with a lot of friends and myself, what's the core belief? What's that? You know, when I say that Darth Vader voice, sometimes it's what, what's your critical voice? What are you saying? Because there is a core belief that's probably not effective, not accurate. Right. That's getting reinforced without you knowing it. And all that stuff, like, let me look more pretty. What's getting reinforced is I'm not enough as I am. Right. right? Unless I look prettier, I'm not enough. And also thinking, if I look prettier, I will be enough, which isn't exactly true either. Nope. Right? Right. And then comes along the big O. And then what happened? And then the missing piece says, like, what do you want from me? Right. And what do you need from me? And and the big O is like, nothing. What do you mean? I don't need anything. Again, why I love giving this to clients, because I don't know when people are hearing this mini-sode, but one thing that Drew- Did you just call it a mini-sode? Yeah. Love it. That's what they're called. Well, who knew? <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> Not me. Uh, I didn't two weeks ago, though. Okay. Um, I really didn't. I was like, but, but this podcast is mini so and that podcast is mini so Like, yeah, that's what they're called. Oh. Amazing. Okay. Okay. That idea with, with Drew is he was saying, and you'll remember this, Meredith, that he's only as good as what he can offer somebody. Yep. What he can bring to something, you know, and- if I don't have anything to bring, we make the leap and we think I'm not going to be wanted or needed because I don't have anything to offer. Right. And that's why I would say to him, well, maybe what you offer is your authenticity. Exactly. And that's what the big O starts to say is, you know, the missing piece was like, well, I was hoping I could roll with you. And he said, well, no, you can't, but you can roll by yourself. No, I can't. No, I can't. And that's the fear. That's the unknown. That's the not thinking you can because you've been told all your life or by Vader inside you that you can't, that you're not enough. Right. right? And he's like, yeah, you can just teach yourself, you know, in the piece with all its edges. Right. You know, it's like, oh, okay. And then little by little he tries and he, you know, and he starts to roll by himself. And I think, again, we talked in one of the episodes about the fear of being alone and Mm. how if... Finding happiness and being alone is so epic and sure. can be, you know, if you're alone for too long, maybe you get a little too comfortable with it. Well, being alone and being lonely are two different things. Totally. Right. And I, I think, you know, part of what I love when the big O leaves the missing piece is it's not an abandonment. It's saying, yo, you're fine. Yep. You just got to round your edges off. And that to me uh, goes into, in a sense, the process of therapy. It's rounding your edges and you go through that and it's not like it happens, boom, overnight. Cool. I'm rounded. I can roll. Great. It takes some work to kind of recognize your edges, to soften them up, to see. Sometimes we don't want to know, why are these edges here? Where did this come from? How come it's so sharp over here? And okay, we can look at that and investigate that. The thing that we do, I think the most effectively is have some experience trying it differently than we've done before. And that's what gets that missing piece to flop, flop, flop and round those edges and eventually start to roll. That's therapy. It's so freaking hilarious. I'm just like laughing over here because anybody in my life who knows me well knows that I have been working on rounding my fucking edges for so long, a solid 15 years or so. Right. I feel like I'm getting to be, I don't know, like a a stone that has been worn away for maybe, I don't know, 
couple centuries. 50 years, I was going to say. Not <laughs> right. 500 yet. Not right. You don't look a day over 492. <laughs> but yeah, working on, it's exactly what I work on, is softening myself, rounding my edges, you know, not trying to pop the big O. Right. It's That sounded fucking weird. That's what she said? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because some people that haven't known you in a long time, you know, or that just meet you, you know, will go, wow, Meredith's really edgy. Yeah. And it's funny that I've heard that exact comment, yep. you know, because the tattoos, the mouth, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, she's a sweetie. Like, you don't know her. You got to get to the creamy feeling inside. Oh, that was bad. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like a Cadbury egg, hard on the outside, but sweet and creamy on the inside. Oh, uh, at least you didn't go gooey. <laughs> gooey. Um, yeah, but you are gooey. We're all yeah, gooey. And, yeah. and I think that's that's something that if you're not afraid of that, you know, of, of what's inside, your edges will round off and it'll be, you know, that, that wonderful thing that you get to bring out. It's why I very firmly believe that vulnerability is one of our greatest strengths oh, yeah. as humans. Yep. You know, people think that's weakness. I need to show this hard exterior all the time. Yeah. You know, I just watched a, a client of mine I was saying how much he loved the Dennis Rodman 30 for 30 on HBO or ESPN. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Point being, uh, Dennis Rodman, who's this, um, now he's in the news again for like going to North Korea and trying to, you know, help keep the peace and, you know, okay, whatever. But he went from this wild guy with crazy hair and pierces and tattoos and his whole story, his whole arc, you know, his whole edginess, like, He's really a gooey guy. And like his teammates, especially when he played for Detroit before Chicago, really knew him as this incredible, caring guy, really sensitive guy. And part of, I think, why you see people appear so edgy sometimes is that they're incredibly sensitive. Oh, yeah. And guarded. And insecure. Totally. Potentially. Totally. Yeah. It's a defense mechanism for me. I know that. Absolutely. Yeah. That way, you know, we can't get hurt. We put the wall up and we're fine. Yeah. I like that wall. Keep those <laughs> walls around me. I think Pink Floyd might have written a song or two about that. Might have. What would it be called? I don't know. Ooh, I hope we mentioned that on the on session so we can actually <gasps> deep dive into the wall. That'd Why can't we deep dive from a bonus? We just keep diving and diving. That's true. How about you just bring it up in session with Drew so we can do it? <laughs> <laughs> Meredith and I are laughing because we don't have our own agenda when we're with a client. Not at all. But I could work it in. I won't. Sure. No. But if, I don't know, somebody out there listening to us were to suggest it mm? naturally of their own accord without us influencing them at all, at all, then, uh, then maybe it is something we'd look at. I love how it, it becomes about the journey, not the destination. And then at the end of the book, you know, the seeming destination of the book is not an end because it says, you know, that they start rolling together and it didn't know where and it didn't care. Right. Because it was just so content being in the present. It was so full. And that's not to say you're going to have nothing but joy when you're able to be present. You're still going to have the ups and downs and, you know, stumble on rocks and things like that. But you will be able to be in your own experience and be present for it. And it won't matter where you're going. It's how you're going. And it's a process, right? So the missing piece starts to flop and then it bounces and then it then it rolls. Right. So it's a work in progress and totally. we might roll and then we might flop again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and look, you could be rolling along 
as seemingly a whole thing. And then up comes this other hole or a piece or something missing a piece. And you want to roll with that for a while and you veer off the path and you get lost and you can't sing the beautiful song that you were singing to us at the beginning of this. Oh, I'm searching for my missing piece. Right. And there's the, that one where he actually has the grease, missing piece. Grease my knee. Oh, and when he, he can't, when he's mumbling. Yeah. Yeah. Which reminded me of a uh, weird Al doing the Nirvana song. You are literally full of fucking references. Yes. It's unbelievable. Do you remember that? Like nope. the, when smells like teen spirit came out, Yes. Um, people couldn't understand what the hell Kurt was oh, saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. And when weird Al did his version of that, he had a line about some gibberish with all these marbles in my mouth. Yeah. Right? Yep, yep. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. And it reminds me of that, right? Yes. See, the references. The so point, many. They make sense sometimes. Get ready for our next bonus session. Yeah. It will be awesome. That's right. They're all awesome. We're awesome. You're awesome. Everybody's awesome. And you can stay awesome by checking us out on Instagram at your.mental.breakdown. Where we're doing a giveaway for your own copy of The Missing Piece and The Missing Piece Meets the Big O. Oh, yeah.